The Bible reading for today is Mark chapter 10 verses 13 to 31. It can be found on page 1013 of the Blue Church Bibles. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, All these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them. And said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Alrighty, I'm going to ask you all to do something very strange uh, and something that you should be very suspicious of me asking you to do or anyone else. I'm going to ask you to close your Bibles. Not permanently, just for a moment, but just, just close them. Uh, I'm going to tell a story, and I'm going to tell it three times. All right? The first time I tell it, I want you to just imagine it. Uh, maybe you can close your eyes if that helps you to imagine as long as you promise not to fall asleep. Uh, the second time I tell it, though, I want you to concentrate and try to remember, because the third time I tell it, I'm going to get your help retelling it. Alrighty, let's go. 
Jesus taught people, fed people, and healed people. Jesus loved people. Everyone wanted to see Jesus. Parents brought their kids to meet Jesus. But Jesus' disciples would have none of it. Jesus is too busy for kids. But Jesus surprised them all when he told his disciples off. These kids are exactly the kind of people you need to be like. They have the right attitude to belong to God's people. As Jesus and his disciples continued walking up the road towards Jerusalem, they had another visitor, a bloke who was rich. This man asked Jesus, what do I have to do to be one of God's people? Jesus reminded him of all of God's instructions for how to live. The bloke said, yep, done and done. But Jesus saw beyond his resume. Jesus said, you're not the kind of person who belongs to God's people yet. Sell everything. Give the cash to the poor. Then follow me. The rich bloke was shattered. That's what it takes to belong to God's people? Then it's not for me. Jesus watched as the man walked away, and he was sad. He told his disciples, You guys know those really big camels? It would be easier for one of them to fit through the eye of a sewing needle than for someone who's rich to belong to the people of God. The disciples couldn't take it anymore. Who can be saved? Jesus told them, No one can be saved on their own. It's impossible. But God does the impossible. God can save anyone. All right, that was the first telling. Well done. I hope you were able to picture it. Uh, this second time around, I want you to work hard to remember it. All right. Jesus taught people. He fed people. He healed people. Jesus loved people. Everyone wanted to see Jesus. Parents brought their kids to meet him. But Jesus' disciples would have none of it. Jesus is too busy for kids. But Jesus surprised them all when he told his disciples off. These kids are exactly the kind of people you need to be like. They have the right attitude to belong to God's people. As Jesus and his disciples continued up the road to Jerusalem, they had another visitor, a bloke who was rich. He asked Jesus, what do I have to do to belong to God's people? Jesus reminded him of God's instructions for how to live. The bloke said, yep, done and done. But Jesus saw beyond his resume. He said, you're not the kind of person who belongs to God's people yet. Sell everything. Give the cash to the poor. Then come and follow me. The rich bloke was shattered. That's what it takes to belong to God's people? Then it's not for me. Jesus watched as he walked away and was sad. He told his disciples, you know those really big camels? It would be easier for one of them to fit through the eye of a sewing needle than for someone who's rich to belong to the people of God. Jesus' disciples couldn't take it anymore. Who can be saved? 
Jesus told them, no one can be saved on their own. It's impossible. But God does the impossible. God can save anyone. All right, hope you remembered it. It's time to to work it through together. Don't worry, no one else has to come up the front. Uh, I'm going to leave a gap at the appropriate times and get you to fill in the blank. All righty. So Jesus taught people, he fed people, he healed people. Jesus loved people. Everyone wanted to see Jesus. Parents brought their kids to meet Jesus. Yeah, excellent. Good job, good job. Getting warmed up. Uh, They brought their kids to meet Jesus, but the disciples would have none of it. Jesus is too busy for kids. But Jesus surprised them all when he... When he told his disciples off, these kids are exactly the kind of people you need to be like. They have the right attitude to belong to the kingdom of God, God's people. That's what I'm looking for, God's people. They have the right attitude to belong to God's people. Jesus and his disciples continued walking up the road to Jerusalem when they had another visitor, a bloke who was rich. Love it. A bloke who was rich. The guy asked Jesus what he had to do to belong to God's people. Jesus reminded him of God's instructions for how to live. The rich bloke said, yep, done and done. But Jesus saw beyond his resume. resume. Yep. Jesus said, you're not the kind of person who belongs to God's people yet. Sell everything and give the cash to the poor. Then follow me. The rich guy was shattered. That's what it takes to belong to God's people? And it's not for me. Jesus watched as he walked away and was sad. He said to his disciples, you guys know those really big kennels? It would be easier for one of them to fit through the eye of a sewing needle than for someone who's rich to belong to the people of God. Jesus' disciples couldn't take it anymore. Who could be saved? Well done. Jesus told his disciples, no one can be saved on their own. It's impossible. But God does the impossible. God can save anyone. Excellent. Well done. Give yourselves a pat on the back or a high five, whatever works best. Uh, Look, I'd love to invite you now. Turn to the person next to you and just say, what did you like about the story? Just chat about it. Take 30 seconds. Go. I'm going to cut off some conversations there. Sorry to, to interrupt, but just call it out. You know, dob in the person next to you. What, what did people like about the story? Just shout them out. Everyone can come to Jesus. Yep. There's love for children. Yeah. Jesus sees our hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Well, I'll cut it off there. I'm sure there's plenty more people enjoyed about it. I hope there's more. Um, that's 
perhaps something to talk about over morning tea. Now turn to the person on the other side, or people on the other side, or same person if, if you're kind of sitting on the edge, um, and say what questions you had from the story. What questions did the story raise up for you? Ever? Alrighty, I'll, I'll interrupt. Here, there's a bit more conversation going on, sorry. Uh, call them out. What questions came up for people? What did you hear? What happened to the rich man after? Yeah, what happened to him? Yeah, good question. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean that. Yeah. Any other questions that came out? Yeah, why did the rich boy bring up the question in the first place? Good one. What about children? Yeah, what about children? Why are they the kind of people? Excellent. That's great. Look, I'm sorry I'm going to cut off the questions again. I know there's probably plenty more simmering under the surface. Um, And we're going to try and tackle some of those in a moment. We're going to open up our Bibles again, back to Mark 10, um, as Andrew read for us so excellently before. And As we unpack God's Word, as we address some of these questions we've got, let's pray. Let's ask God to help us. Please join me in praying. Father God, You have spoken to us in your word. Please speak to us now. Help me to preach clearly. Help us to hear clearly what you are saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's pick up the action back there in verse 13 uh, with Jesus saying the kingdom of God belongs to people like children. Look with me at verses 13 and 14, please. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Uh, Now, a quick Google Images search will will show you that this is one of the most popular images of Jesus, one of the, the things that spurred countless works of art. Jesus being tender with children. There's, there's a lot to like about it. You know, this is the kind of Jesus that, that everyone really feels like, yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, and he says, welcome the children. There's a lot to like about it. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. He takes kids seriously. And here at Trinity Church Mount Barker, it's clear you guys do the same. You have men and women who aren't sitting in here right now who are instead helping bring the children to know and love Jesus even more, teaching them God's word alongside craft, alongside food, alongside relationships. That's fantastic. But notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say the kingdom of God belongs to children. He says the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So in what way does God's kingdom belong to people who are like children, who are childlike? Well, one of my friends, Chris, uh, I was catching up with him this week. He was talking to me about his 18-month-old daughter uh, who's developed a recent habit. I'm sure none of you have ever experienced this. Uh, She's got into the habit where 30 seconds after being put down to bed, she screams out wanting a glass of water. doesn't matter how much water she's just had before. uh, 
She wants water 30 seconds after being put down to bed. Now, I can't imagine what goes on in the minds of an 18-month-old anymore. Um, you know, who knows the inner workings of the toddlers? But what's going on when, when Zoe calls out? She calls out with complete confidence that mum and dad hear her, that mum and dad are good, that mum and dad will give her what she needs. She calls out with complete dependence, complete trust. She calls out because of a relationship she has. I think that dependence, that trust, is what Jesus is talking about here. What it means for the kingdom of God to belong to people like children. That's why Jesus says there in verse 15, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. We don't earn the kingdom of God. We don't work our way to get it. We receive it independence, in trust. We can't bring a, an impressive enough resume. We can't bring enough money. We can't bring uh, good enough works to get it. We become God's people by receiving God's gift, by trusting him to provide us with everything we need. Well, we continue the action then in verse 17. Jesus and his disciples continuing on their way to Jerusalem. And the rich man comes up to him and he asks him, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? to belong to God's people. And talking about resumes, if anyone had an impressive one, it's this guy. Uh, look, look with me at verses 19 and 20. Jesus giving him the commands again. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Now the Australian part of me Really just grates when I hear him saying, oh, I've done them all. I'm, I'm that good. Um, I, I don't know if anyone else can relate to that. But actually, we have no real reason to doubt this guy, aside from our Australian cultural backgrounds uh, and from our knowledge of human behavior. But anyway, we can take him at his word. Jesus takes him at his word. Jesus doesn't say, no, you haven't. He says, he moves on. In fact, this guy is actually someone to be commended He's done all these things. He's been working hard to do these things. And he still has that tweak of conscience. He, he goes, I don't think this is enough. I don't think I've quite got it. And so he comes to Jesus and asks Jesus honestly to tell me what I need to do to become one of God's people. But what Jesus says is just shocking. Look with me at verse 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, Go. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. This man who kept commandments, who, who had riches to spare, is lacking something? That that's just feels weird. Uh, in fact, that's why the disciples react so strongly, who are so shocked that Jesus sends this guy away packing. In God's economy, as we read through the Bible, outside of the workings of sin, generally... Material blessings are seen as a sign of God's favor on someone. Now, I think in many parts of the world, we still think this way. We still omit the picture of sin and what it does and think that material blessing equals God's favor. God loves me. America, home of the free, land of the brave. But the Bible makes it clear that it's not quite black and white. We see people who are materially wealthy and yet spiritually bankrupt. 
And alternatively, as we read through, we see people who are poor. We see a widow who puts only two copper coins in to the treasury, and yet God upholds them as spiritually rich. So when this man hears the call to sell all he has and give it to the poor, then to follow Jesus, he's being asked a very pressing question. He's being asked, will you come like a child to God? Will you come in total dependence on God? He's being asked, is your trust in God? Which I think makes verse 22 one of the saddest verses in the Bible. This man who was so eager to please God, who was working so hard all his life to impress God, walks away from Jesus. He walks away from God. He would sooner give up eternal salvation. He would sooner give up being one of God's people and give up his security and his earthly comfort here and now. He would prefer to trust in money than to trust God. Which kind of just feels really heavy, doesn't it? It feels really painful. We can understand Jesus looking after him and being sad. It's, it's this rich man's rejection of God's kingdom that prompts Jesus to speak to his disciples about camels, of all things. Uh, so please look with me at verses 24 and 25. Uh, the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Throughout history, people have tried to make this say something it doesn't. They've tried to talk about kind of special gates called needle and camels that had to be unloaded before they could go through the gate. That's, that's not what Jesus is saying here. If it was, his disciples would not have been as shocked. They would have gone, okay, that makes sense. No, the disciples are stumped in verse 26. They get it. It's impossible to be saved. Jesus could equally, if he had said this today, said, the rich will enter the kingdom of God when pigs fly. It's that kind of vibe. It's, it's impossible. For people who have so many resources, for these rich, it's so easy to forget that we rely on God, isn't it? We can take the blessings God gives us and forget that God's the one who gave them to us. We can act as if we're entitled to them, as if we've earned them somehow, as if they're ours, rather than gifts from God. But that's kind of like me taking credit for being born, isn't it? It's kind of like me going up to mom and saying, Mom, I did a great job being born, didn't I? I mean, all my work really paid off. <laughs> Go me. It's ridiculous. I was a very passive participant in being born. In fact, I was a, a reluctant participant, but that's a story for another day. Uh, I don't get to take any credit. No, it's God who saves people. It's God who gets the credit. So the disciples ask, who can be saved? Jesus gives the answer right there in verse 27. Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. With man, with people, with, with us. We can't earn salvation. We can't become one of God's people just by trying hard enough. Only by God's work can we be saved. Only by receiving God's work like a little child in complete dependence can we be saved. Now, this verse, you know, sounds like a great bumper sticker. It sounds like the kind of thing that Nike would put on their logo. You know, all things are possible. You know, it's, this isn't a, a catch cry, Jesus saying everything's possible, therefore jump off the roof, try to fly and scream, all things are possible with God. No. Salvation, the hardest thing possible, the most impossible thing is possible 
belonging to God's people, me, you, us, any of us being able to belong to the people of God, it's only possible because of God's work. It's only possible by us coming empty-handed and receiving it. How good is that? By now, Peter can barely contain himself. All right? he, he cracks. He and the other disciples, they've left behind jobs, they've left behind home, they've left behind family, they've left behind all their security and comfort. They've done what this rich man didn't. They accepted Jesus' call and followed him. They've done what he couldn't. Was it worth it? That's what Peter's question really is. We've done all this. Is it worth it? Well, look with me at verses 29 and 30. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields along with persecutions and in the age to come. When we hear Jesus' words here, it can kind of be easy to impart this, this view that if I give up material possessions, if I sell stuff, then God will bless me. You know, blessed to be a blessing kind of deal, slash, um, you know, God will only give you more if you give your all. Um, I don't know what other catch Christ people have. And sometimes that might actually be true. Uh, as we go through the Old Testament, we see this widow at Zarephath who Elijah comes to and she bakes him bread. You know, she uses all her last of her resources and Elijah assures her that God will look after her. And indeed, she's blessed with lots more flour and oil, which enable her to keep surviving. Uh, Solomon, when God asks him what he wants as the leader of God's people, he asks for wisdom and God gives him riches as well. God can work in that way. God can bless people materially in response to them giving materially. But I really don't think that's the main point of what Jesus is saying here. I don't think it's a rule. When we follow Jesus, we belong to the people of God. Uh, and what is the people of God? What is the kingdom of God? Well, here and now, the visual expression of that is the church. It's here. And in many other buildings and places and homes around the world on Sundays or Saturdays or Friday nights or whenever it is, it's, it's God's people gathering together. The church, I think, is meant to be how we receive homes and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and children and fields. We receive God's good blessings through his people. For the Christian who remains single for life, they should be able to say they have a hundred times as much family in the church. And not just say that, but feel it and live it. For the Christian who loses their job because of their faith, they should have all their material needs met by those around them. They should be cared for well by the people in the church. And along with all these blessings, we get persecution. Our followers of Jesus receive persecution for their faith. So when you're mocked in the workplace, when those mates at high school, uni, work, no longer invite you or, or kind of hush when you walk into the cool room, when those members of the family won't talk to you anymore because of your faith. This is what life looks like for followers of Jesus. This is what life looks like for those who belong to God's people. Which means that's not always easy, is it? So what about us? 
We follow the disciples. We follow Jesus. We've seen their story. Well, for those of us here who perhaps aren't yet followers of Jesus, when it comes to our spiritual standing with God, do all of us recognize that we have nothing to offer God? No resume, no riches, no, no impressive enough works. Maybe you're someone here today who wouldn't call themselves a Christian. And it's so great that you're here with us. Uh, it's my first day too, so you know, we've got that in common. Uh, have you heard Jesus' words to you clearly? Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Have you received the kingdom of God? I urge you today, don't leave without at least doing serious business with this question. If you want to talk more, I'd love to chat later. You can always write down on the uh, little communication slip alternatively if you want to chat to someone else in here uh, or talk with the person who brought you. Think it through more. What about for the people who have everything? Uh, People who have wealth, who have many of God's material blessings here and now. What about us? I don't know about you, but I certainly feel very nervous and anxious when I read Jesus' words to the rich man in verse 21. Go sell everything you have. Not give some of your income regularly, not support a sponsored child. and you know, not, not that, no, sell everything you have. Does that make you feel uncomfortable too? Is there a limit to how much Jesus could ask me to give up before I walked away sad like this rich man. Maybe it's not wealth. Maybe it's not possessions. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a status. Maybe it's a position in a company. If I had to give this up in order to follow Jesus faithfully, would I walk away sad and reject Jesus and keep it? It's a hard question to wrestle with. Where are we finding our security? Everything we have is God's good gift to us. And it's not just meant to be for us to keep alone. It's for us to share, for us to use in the church. So, for example, let's talk about the gift of a home. Uh, If you live in a house, whether you own it or you're renting it, if you have a home, how could you use this to serve the people in the church, to help uh, provide them with homes and families Well, maybe it means opening your doors for your home group to meet there. Hosting. Maybe it means that every Sunday, without fail, you're going to put on lunch for the rest of the year and you're going to invite maybe some other members of the church and and maybe you're going to invite the newcomer who's just come along and really welcome them in. Maybe it means that you have a spare key that you've hidden somewhere around the outside of the house that at least some members of this church know where it is. And not only do they know where it is, they know they're always welcome, that you have an open-door policy, that even if you're not home, they're welcome to come over and help themselves to the fridge and make themselves at home. What does it look like for you to use the gifts God's given you to serve the church, to, to help be part of that mothers and brothers and sisters and homes and, and fields that followers of Jesus receive? Well, for those of us who are already giving generously, those of us who are following Christ, a challenge for us, I think, is to continue to work hard to make our church a community, a place where people can willingly give up things that they feel they need in order to follow Jesus better. 
a place where someone who's struggling with same-sex attraction and, and wrestling with, if they follow Jesus, they have to be celibate for the rest of their lives, a place where they feel welcomed, cared for and supported. A place where uh, uh, someone who's having an unwanted pregnancy, where it's plausible for them to follow Jesus and live for him and still have all the support of family and care and practical needs around her. Where those who are sick, where those who are poor, where those who are lonely, where those who are elderly or frail, where those who are cut off or isolated from family, where we can all find family, where can we can all have a taste of home. Trinity Church, Mount Barker. Let's church. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that Jesus clearly shows us what we need to do to be saved. Thank you that you save us by your grace and not according to our resume. Please help us to church. Help us to use the gifts you give us for one another as we face persecutions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.